Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Richard Schnitzel. Richard, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Let's rock and roll. Yes, let, let's rock and roll. Rich is the founder and president at Bowtie Bots, helping six-figure entrepreneurs build automation and scale. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Rich, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so I am a husband. I'm a mechanical engineer by training. I am a pretty decent mechanic, uh, definitely a tech geek, and absolutely a card-carrying nerd. <laughs> uh, I I never thought that I would end up in business automation. Uh, I you know, actually started my business doing Facebook Messenger bots. Realized really quickly that I am terrible at copy. But what I am really good at is talking to people about what they want to do in their business and being a translator for them between the tech world and the everyday business world and helping them understand what the possibilities are and help them make decisions that make sense for what they're trying to build. And then that tech nerdy background of mine allowed me to be able to then go build what we had just talked about. Uh, And I just followed this path of every time I talked to somebody figuring out, you know, what, what I enjoyed about that conversation, what I brought to that. And that ended up being this space of business automation, which is a very small niche. And I think a very misunderstood niche because a lot of people have this idea of automation that's, you know, either a Google Play or an Alexa, like this really high-end AI side or the manufacturing side where there's this million-dollar machine that somebody designed and completely automates out of process. And for me, there's this middle ground of being able to use the benefits of what automation can provide while still maintaining uh, the, the way that you show up in the business and the way that your business is unique and still having human interaction and then just using automation to leverage that to be more efficient in what you're doing. Nice. I appreciate that. So the differences between mechanical engineering and, and what you're doing now or, or, or the similarities, is it the same part of your brain that's sort of activated or how is, how is it similar or different? Definitely the same part of my brain. Uh, you know, engineering, one of the things that I always remember from school was, you would have to solve a problem where all of the information that was given to you wasn't necessary to get to a correct solution. And the solution many times was open-ended. There was no black and white, okay, you've got it, this is the correct answer. It was a grayscale of, okay, you could be here, you could be you know, 20 feet past that, you could be 100 feet past that. All of those are still technically correct. So, I pull on that engineering background to understand like where in that gray is the correct answer for different people because that changes between businesses. And I definitely use that logical side of engineering to build workflows in my head. Uh, I get asked a lot, you know, I have a conversation and people get tired at the end of an hour long conversation with me about (laughs) automating their business because 
it's a muscle that I enjoy using and not everybody gets to do. Uh, and you know, they like, Oh God, I, I need to take a break and I'm just getting energized. And for me, that comes from that engineering mind and me just getting really amped up about you know, using my brain in that way. Yeah. Well, that's probably the sign that, 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 that you're doing the right work. Absolutely. Nice. All right. So, so take me through that, that sort of that, that, that hour long conversation. Is it looking for pain points? Is it looking for efficiencies? Is it all those things? It's all those things. We start with pain points because it does need to be a conversation. I can't, I can't do my job correctly if I just spit something back at you and you kind of nod your head and have a blank stare off at a thousand <laughs> feet and go, yeah, okay, Rich, sounds great. Go build it. That doesn't work. That's how you get something bad at the end. So I, I want an engagement from who I'm working with and starting with a pain point means that they have a lot of thoughts and ideas about what's going on and why it hurts and you know, what they've thought about doing differently that maybe could fix it. But you know, they started thinking about it. They go, oh, I, I can't think about this right now. I got to focus on what I'm doing. So we start there and then my job becomes asking questions of you to say, okay, you said this and you repeated the same statement five minutes later. Why do you keep coming back to that point in this pain point? Oh, okay. Now I get why this is a problem for you because uh, we never start where we're supposed to when we start thinking about a problem. There is a process of laying it out and then trying to refine it to come up with that, that keystone of, okay, this is really what's going on. Everything else is happening as a result of this one thing. So this is where we then start the process of building out what we really want by going, okay, we need to start here, fix this. If we fix this, we get rid of 10 or 15 other problems that you had that we don't have to worry about anymore. And then once that is all in line, what do you want to happen because this is now fixed? It kind of like you drive it down the road and there's a bunch of potholes. So you take a detour and then you try to figure out how to fix your detour when really we need to fix the road so you can go where you want to go and then have a conversation about how you're driving down the road instead of, and the detour just drops away because we found the real problem. Nice. I think that that's a, I think that that's a great analogy right there. Um, perfect. <clears throat> and like, like everything else in life, right? The, the, the more we can do to actually get down to the root cause of the problem and actually find the real pain point, that's gotta be the starting point. Otherwise you're just, to, to, to your point, looking for detours or finding quick fixes or band-aids. <clears throat> how, how often are you having that conversation and people, how, how often is, is it like um, going to the doctor and the doctor is asking questions and the patient has already Googled and been on WebMD and stuff like that to try to figure it out for themselves? It's a little bit like that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely talk with people and they have ideas. Um, I think when they have ideas, it's a little bit like a doctor where what you think is right is coming out of a, a misconception or assumption that you made by reading what's going on and then going, oh, okay, I get it. And then you jump three steps ahead. And for me, when I come up against that, which I do quite often, it's, it's not apparent 
right? It, it's not a, oh, okay, you already built out the workflow for me. It's you, you started three steps deep because you did a bunch of research and I need to figure out what research you did to help you either understand why maybe your decision was correct, but so that I have full understanding of where you are in kind of the life cycle of you completing this idea or go, okay, now I know that you think this is the way this is going to be going. Let me tell you how I think about it and let's have a conversation about maybe why our viewpoints are different. And then once we can understand what that difference is, then you can have a discussion about it, whether or not we agree or not, right? Ultimately, I want my client to make the final decision about what we do. It shouldn't come from me. You, you know, as the business owner have way more understanding and scope of what's going to affect your business. My job is to give you the best advice I can and help you make that decision. So for me, when I hit those instances, it's about helping you understand why my viewpoint might be valid and how it differs from yours. And then ultimately it's your choice. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. <clears throat> nice. What are, 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 are there really common areas that, 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 that people are normally coming to you for? This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Yeah, uh, you know, lead gen is certainly one of the big ones. You know, as soon as you get your marketing right, you, know, you start with a certain volume of leads and people coming through your business. And then you figure out, okay, this is working really well, and you go to scale that up. And then all of a sudden, you don't have enough hours in the day to get through what you're trying to do. So I get people coming to me for that of like, okay, I need a better solution. Right? I, I know enough about what's going on in the world that there's got to be a better way for me to get leads into my business to validate that there's somebody I sh should be talking to and then to give them my product. How do I do that? And the other part of that is then once you get them in, how do you give them what they want? You know, it, a lot of times in today's world, you're trying to create folders in the Google Drive or Dropbox or you know something like that to share content with them. You're trying to add a bunch of tasks into Trello and you're doing all these things manually and it's just taking up time. So there's in workflows, there's a lot of really low hanging fruit that we can start with of just automatically creating the folder and sharing it with them if you if that's what you need to do. If you're using Shopify, you know, automatically creating the order and linking in the, the shipment. All of that input into these programs that you're doing manually, a lot of it's already available. The problem is that it's it's almost like a kid in a candy store. There's so much going on that it's sometimes hard to go, okay, this is the one that I can pull to make the most benefit. You, know, you talk about it a lot when you, know, you get a consultant in and they talk about you know pulling levers to increase revenue. It's a little bit of the same concept with automation. There are certain levers that we can pull that are going to make a huge difference immediately in your business that we pull first. And then once those are complete, then we can go to you know, some of the finer grain stuff that is still going to have a really big benefit, but maybe takes a little bit longer to achieve because it's a larger conversation to get it to work correctly. 
And that certainly makes sense. I mean, we have, <clears throat> it's probably a blessing and a curse that we have so many different resources and so many different tools that are available to us. So I can see how an, an entrepreneur or a business owner has attempted to cobble together and probably done a pretty good job. But it's a matter of, you can look at this and say, <clears throat> I can save you hours, hours and hours and hours and hours and, and free you up to do the stuff that you probably want to be doing more of um, with probably a couple of simple little tweaks. Yeah, it's a difference of perspective for me. You know, the entrepreneur who has built this thing over time start didn't start with what they have now they started with a single idea and they fixed that and then they had another idea and they fixed that and they had another idea and they fixed that and they kind of just linked these things together and because they were in it at the time they're making assumptions and they have perspectives that make them assume something has to happen this way and me coming in fresh and not having any idea what's going on i'm going to ask almost stupid questions on a level but that stupid question makes a light bulb go off that says oh yeah, I did that three months ago because this is what I was doing. That no longer matters. Like I, you know, that's a old program. That's an old offering. Like I don't even need to care about that anymore. Let's take that out. And just that process of me asking questions about what you're doing and why you're doing it forces you to go back to that original moment and reassess what was going on and then adjust it to the way that your business is today. Got it. Nice. And so I would, would, would you refer to that as sort of really this low hanging fruit probably, right? Just go and go through and, and, and use your, the way that you're able to look at problems and, and, and clean up those inefficiencies. What is, Take, take me all the way to the other end of the spectrum of, of things that you're able to do for somebody that maybe they didn't even realize that they could do. Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the cool ones that we're just finishing up now is uh, I have a client who uses Stacker, which is an online portal system. It's driven by an Airtable database, and they're using Slack as the main form of communication between their team and their clients. So we automated the creation of all of the data going into Airtable for a new client. So all of the lead information, contact information is automatically added. The timeline for their project is automatically updated based off of the start date. There's a set number of rules that are supposed to happen of we're supposed to be at this phase at this time. So all of that architecture gets set up and for them, their clients have deliverables that need to go back to them for them to progress the project accordingly. And we broke those deliverables down by each phase and on a phase change, the new tasks automatically get added to each client and it's a list of, you know, it could be five tasks, it could be 20 tasks, but all of those automatically get added to the client as a deliverable, get updated to the client and because the task due date may affect the next phase and they want to keep the project on schedule, there is a daily check of anything that's due based off of compared to the intended schedule. If that starts to get within a, you know negative three days, we're automatically sending messages in Slack to the team and to the client specifically that's supposed to be completing those saying, hey, you've got something that's going on. 
and an email backup to them as well based off of their information in the portal. And then we added in because that often for them results in an adjustment of the project. They can now put in a single date and the entire project of 30 delivery dates automatically changes out forward based off of that date change. And you can do that an infinite number of times within this process. They have a, a four-month process. Nice. How often, when when, <clears throat> pardon me. How often, when 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 you have these engagements, are you having to to replace a lot of the tools that they're already using? Not very often. I will usually make a couple suggestions, and they're usually things that help me interact better with other programs that you're using. Uh, Airtable is a big one. Uh, Zapier, Integromat, those are you know, big automation programs that help me connect to other things. Uh, we do a lot of G Suite code uh, just to help make connections between different programs. And those are usually the suggestions that I'm making. I try to not you know, completely change the programs that somebody's using. It, the best program is the one that you use. So if you come to me and you're already using a certain CRM, if you're already using you know, Trello or Asana, I if I can help it, I don't want to make you change because that change is instantly going to create a bunch of friction in your business that you're not going to get the most benefit out of. You know, and you may like you may hate using it, right? You chose to use this program for a reason. And for me, one of my goals is to keep you with that program and just help you use it better. And most programs have an API that is pretty open and allows you to do almost anything you can do with a mouse click, you can do with an API call. The major players have now understood that if they're going to continue to grow and be a player in the market, this is something that they need to have in place. You can't just say, oh, no, we don't have an API because somebody's going to go find some somebody else to do what they need to do. Got it. Nice. Well, And, and that certainly does make sense. I just had this this um this memory flashed into my head about uh and i don't even know if it's accurate or not one of the uh steve jobs movie about how they wanted to have this closed system right where 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 you couldn't make any modifications to the computer just because they were they said that this is the way that we want it to be it's essentially the opposite of that right companies are not making a product that is just the way that it is and 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 you can't customize it yeah exactly you can't customize it. You you need that customization level, and you need a connection to the outside world. You know the other thing about Apple is if you're in the Apple ecosystem, everything works really well. But don't go outside of it because then problems start to happen, and that is not a good strategy for you know, the way that the world works now. You need to be able to say, "Hey, I'm here. Here's how you talk to me. Here's how you get stuff done within my playground." You know, I talk about the language of tech and part of that is you know the apis api is a language of how to say hey program over there i want to do something with you here's what i want to do and here's how i present it to you so you go oh yeah okay cool no problem here you go and then you get a response back that says okay i did all the work here's what it looks like here's what i changed and you know that exchanges the world that I play in is figuring out, okay, how, how do I, what are the words that I can use to talk from HubSpot to Trello? 
and then go from Trello to you know, a G Suite, and then from G Suite to a form software to get a feedback, right? So how do I use that language that is changing between all of those to create a, a sequence of events that occurs the way that we want? And a lot of companies now have that ability. You know, I tell guys, anything you can do with a click of a button in G Suite, I can do with code. Nice. Because it's that important for Google to allow you that flexibility. Love it. Well, Rich, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? So this is uh, about automation being a magnifier of workflow. If it's a good workflow, it makes it better. If it's a bad workflow, it shines a light on what's wrong. You know, we've been talking a lot about trying to find the assumptions that you're making. And if you're gonna sit down and try and figure out what your workflow is so you could start thinking about this conversation that we just had, the best thing that you can do is write down what you think it is, and then instead of adding more detail, try to make it simpler, right? If I ask you about your lead flow, you're probably gonna tell me, okay, I get a Facebook lead, and then I send them a response email. Okay, so instead of Facebook lead, make it just a lead or it's not even a lead yet it's just a contact and by simplifying it in that direction it forces you to then ask the question okay how do i know it's from facebook how do i know it's a lead because you then have to validate that assumption that got you to your initial initial point and once you simplify it down then you can start actually throwing in the details of what you're doing well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Yeah, strip away as as as, as much of, of that as we can and just get down to uh, a lead came in. didn't matter that it came from Facebook or wherever um, and simplify that. I, I think that that's awesome. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? So we website is... Uh, richardschnitzel.com. There's a link there to book a 20-minute call with me to talk about what's going on in your business, uh, figure out how we can help you. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Rich Schnitzel. And if you're, if we've talked about something today that has started a, a bug in your brain that I want to continue that conversation, I'd love to chat with you and help you complete that translation of what's in your in your brain and what you want to complete and show you how it's possible. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Rich your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to richardschnitzel.com. It's R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-C-H-N-I-T-Z-E-L. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thanks again, Rich. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.